0: Hi, this is Elizabeth. And Lee, And we are doing the primary triangle today, the 369 triangle. And we have with us today as guests, my daughter, Alabel, and her friends, Leah and Susanna. And I would love y'all to introduce yourself real quick so everyone knows your voice.
1: I'm Alabel, and I'm a
2: three. I'm Leah, and I'm a nine. And I'm Susanna, and I'm a six. Great. So, and you all have been friends for a long time, since... You were wee, wee little ones in elementary school. Did y'all meet in elementary school?
1: Susanna and Leah have known each other since they were little Todd. Leah
3: and I met each other in kindergarten when we were five years old, and Al and I met each other in ballet when we were in second grade. Mm -hmm.
2: So you've been friends for a very long time. So before we kind of get into the whole three, six, nine dynamic of the Enneagram I was curious about when you learned your number and what if you can remember as you were learning the Enneagram what was it that kind of revealed that to you was there a particular part of the teaching or an aha moment that let you know that you were a three or a six or a nine like do you remember you remember that? Um, it was a really long time ago, so I don't remember
0: this exactly. I was talking.
1: Yeah, I was 12 at a um conference and I was torn between one and three weirdly, um, because I think I was confusing, like the, like I was thinking, uh, the inner voice as something that's like driving goals maybe, or I was thinking like the perfectionism thing, but, What made me differentiate was like, oh, it's not a negative voice telling me like, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. It's a voice. It's like, it's not a voice. I don't have a voice, but it's like me telling myself like what I need to do to succeed. And so that's, I came to it that way.
2: I, yeah. I think, I I don't think that's unusual because I think threes and ones can feel quite similar. Yeah. So that's, that's helpful. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I was introduced to Enneagram by Albo really
0: and
4: the Chapins in general. And I guess early high school was about the time, like I was getting more into it or giving it more consideration. And it was really a, I always thought of myself as a five. Probably I was like, Oh, like I'm didn't put that much thought into it quite yet. I was like, yeah, I'm probably a five, but it was a um, relationship that I had in high school with another person. uh, Like just a girlfriend, but I don't know that did reveal to me a
3: lot of nine tendencies um i i mean so i grew up with al and elizabeth was always telling me i was a six (laughs) yes i I was
0: was like eight years old bad behavior sorry no
3: no it's okay so i it was kind of always like in the back of my mind but i'm also like very stubborn so i kind of just wanted to like figure it out for myself and i think like in high school i kind of started to be like i had a lot of like stress and all of my friendships and relationships and I like always had this like fear that like people were leaving me and it just I kind of was like I feel like a lot of people don't relate to this and I also was just like very paranoid about like safety and like stuff like that and like once I just started being more self-aware and kind of like doing more research into the Enneagram and I realized that that was like all very six behavior I was like oh okay like now this makes
2: sense. So it sounds like it was pr- kind of a process for all of you to some degree. Yeah. I th- I think that's always good to hear because yeah. I think sometimes people think they're going to hear it once mm. and there's just like a light bulb that goes off. But mm-hmm. really what it is, is that you have to observe yourself. You have to observe what is what is the voice, quote unquote, that you're hearing? What's the message behind that? Instead of just that there's a voice or mm-hmm. see yourself in relationship or do 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 it from your own perspective and when you you need to listen so i think that's yeah, or for
0: you it's leah it was like i'm withdrawing and why am i withdrawing you mm-hmm. know you're a five you know you thought you were a five because you're withdrawing but it's it was more about not not being conflictual rather than being wanting to be alone um okay so uh we're going to, t- so we're going to talk about the, the, what it means to be in the, the primary triangle is that each of you are in the center of your modality, meaning you're in this center of either thinking, feeling, or doing, and your wings on either side of you do not reach outside of that modality. So all of that energy you're in the center of either thinking, feeling, or doing.
2: And you're saying modality. We would have used the word triad in the past. So, oh, okay, yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know why I'm using that That's word. A, it's
2: yeah. a good word.
0: But okay, yeah, in I don't know. the center of your triad. Yeah, the center of your triad. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you said that. Um, and I was reading today that uh, about Naranjo describes y'all as kind of this objective observer in your triad, that you're kind of on either side of these poles of other people in your triad, other numbers in your triad, and that you kind of very early on became the objective observer of that, of either thinking, feeling, or doing. And I was saying to Alabel earlier as her mother, as a four, I from when she was a little girl, she was always objectively observing all of my kind of unboundaried feelings and talking to me about it. So it's interesting that part of y'all's coping, um, very early on is to kind of pull back from your primary. I, I mean, I do kind of want to say modality because it's not, I'm not saying you're pulling back from your triad. I'm mm-hmm. saying you're pulling back from feeling thing you're doing. So what is your, your basically your dominant, part of yourself, you also very early on pulled back from at the same time. Yeah. And, um, part of that is why it's harder for three, six and nines to self type. Mm -hmm. And y'all described it being kind of a process for you. My experience in doing this work is that people come to me all the time, not knowing what their number is. And most of the time they're either a three, six or nine because, to be someone whose primary expression is early repressed means that it's kind of harder to, to, to see that, to parse that out. So, for example, I'm a four. I'm in the feeling triad. I'm, my feelings are dominant. My repressed center is doing, it's different from my dominant thing. I mean, for me, I think what's really interesting is that basically you're the primary power in your life. The primary source of who you are, how you work, walk through the world and what your motion, how you take in reality, what's, what is, I want to call it a superpower because I think it has, it's where your real strength is. It's how you make sense of your life that early on you detached from it and you, you pulled back from it as a coping mechanism. And, um, I think that's just super specific and interesting. No other numbers have that going on.
2: Yeah. And it's. I think it's hard to even, talk, it's hard to describe and mm-hmm. hard to, um, especially when you're first learning the Enneagram, but then even as you're observing yourself, I think it's really easy to get mixed up. I'm always, like as a nine, I'm always tricking myself into thinking I'm doing productively when I'm just doing to kind of cope. Like when I'm right. just kind of, um, flitting through and not doing what is mine to do or doing the thing that I know that will make me more connected. I think it takes a little different kind of work or a different kind of observation yeah. to, to, to know what you're up to. <laughs> Cause it's really, it, you can be really tricky with it.
0: Yeah. 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 And my experience also has been that like when you say to a six or a nine that they're, thinking repressed in your case, Susanna, or doing repressed in your case, Leah, I, I, I generally get a lot of defensiveness from that. I get people are like, what do you, you know, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm so accomplished. I'm so, uh, cerebral or whatever they want to say. There's a lot of, it's, it, it hurts their feelings that mm-hmm. I'm calling them thinking or, or, uh, doing repressed. But my experience with threes has often been like, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling <laughs> repressed. and it's you know and look where it's gotten me, you know. So I've, I I think there's a real different energy there mm-hmm. and I just wanted to mention that. And and I I've said this before but I think I honestly do think that part of that
1: is like a cultural thing that yes. that feelings are not valued as something that
0: is intellectual like or
1: intellectual powerful, powerful or real
0: or rational. Anything.
1: Yeah, rationality is worshiped. So for me, I'm like great. I can repress my feelings. This is going to be amazing.
0: It is amazing. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But also the, the whole dominant repressed thing means that I'm like obsessively, as you say, objectively observing feelings, feelings around me, yeah. yours in my house all the time. And I can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, you know, constantly like manage and it. put away your feelings like, Oh, a, like a man. little factory. And it's, it's a lot of exhausting. work. It's a lot of work. I'm
2: and, so sorry. And, and where in the middle of that can you <laughs> Good. stop Good. and observe your own feelings?
0: Right? Like Pretty, that's, that's the a, other that's part. A, that's the tricky part. <laughs> yeah. So, So let's start with three, just kind of unpacking what it means to be feeling dominant and feeling repressed. When Lee and I were studying under Suzanne, one of the things we kind of talked about is how this repressed part of you is also kind of the most pure part of you. So I started thinking of threes as kind of this big, like the sacred heart symbol, kind of this big purity of heart because your heart is so pure because you protected it so early. You know, part of the issue is that when we talk about this with people in general, everyone's saying, well, I think, I feel, I do. I think, I feel, I do. And we all think and feel and do. And so when you start talking about someone having a repressed something, it confuses people because everyone's doing all those things all the time. So I think it's helpful to think about like why you, why you tucked it away, why it needed to be protected you know, what was your, what was your motivation? So um, one of the things I wanted to read from Beatrice Chestnut's book is, is kind of about your childhood wound, which is if threes can tell the story of their early life, And look for the reasons that motivate their drive to achieve and manage their image, perhaps to prove their value through an active implementation of a desired self-image. They can have more compassion for themselves and recognize how these patterns serve deeper needs. Um, Threes adopt a strategy that allows them to avoid and numb out painful emotions so that they don't threaten their ability to work hard and achieve goals. Aside from impatience and anger, some threes may not feel much at all. Difficult feelings related to needing attention and not getting it, not being seen in positive ways for who they are, and having to earn love can be conveniently bypassed through an unswerving focus on doing. By only acknowledging and expressing correct feelings, Three, steer clear of consciously attending to any feelings related to inadequacy or loneliness. And uh, I wanted to read that because I think that's so well written by Beatrice. You know, I like the way she, she talks about correct feelings because y'all, y'all know how to, you know, make it look like you're feeling all kinds of feelings, but you're feeling feelings that don't feel vulnerable to you. So the way I was thinking about talking about this is that from a very early on from childhood, you started protecting your heart and your feelings because of these things we we're just talking about. And the way I want to talk about repressed feeling is that it has it is uh, a lacking in experience from being um, protected your whole life. So mm-hmm. when some when your feelings are motivated by protection then they are not open they're not open hearted by by being a coping feeling to begin with by being a pr- a protecting device there are only certain feelings that are available to you so i think it's like we're all feeling and we're all thinking and we're all doing but threes are operating out of a protected sense of feeling and um not willing to look at feelings that feel Unprotected, if that makes sense. Well, and I think like what you
2: just read, which I think is really helpful, is that early, early on, you connect and threes connect feelings to process, to, Mm -hmm. to being good, to being proficient, to however a three has defined success, that that's kind of where they connect feelings like that's mm-hmm. it feels like that's kind of where it's hardwired and this is mm-hmm. kind of the dominant and repressed piece like you are good at feelings but you have protected your own and protected the vulnerability like you've you've learned how to utilize feelings and that's and that's really something else that just kind of in some ways makes it a little harder i think I and mean, you've talked about this to then dig into that vulnerable piece Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. because do you you really need it
0: (laughs) right right (laughs) and you know the concept of an unprotected heart like what is that you know basically I as a four my I've had an unprotected heart my whole life you know I never needed to protect that that's that part of me. Or I, you know, I didn't, I did it through repressing my doing, but you're, you're dominant in your heart, but you protected it early. So what is, I think a good question for threes to ask himself is what does it feel like to have an unprotected heart?
1: Yeah.
0: Which probably makes you want to vomit. I does it does it kind of sound gross. Yeah. It sounds terrible. It sounds terrible,
1: but also kind of what we were talking about mm-hmm. the other day is a, consequence of constantly protecting m- feelings is I find myself in a lot of relationships with people like platonic relationships mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. they like feel very close to me and I know everything about their life, and I'm like very deeply in their life, and it gets to a point where I'm like very enmeshed with them but but I realize like that they don't really know anything about me or yeah I've never let them like really know anything about me and then at that point, it's just like, I have to like extricate myself in this sort of painful way. Hmm. Um, not painful for me ever, not painful for me, painful for <laughs> ever. I, no, then but I it sounds hurting, a little p-
2: painful. I mean, a little bit painful when for me, but
1: mostly painful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, and it just, it like, it does not, um, foster into like any kind of real intimacy. It's like I'm on like this. Like batch, like I'm on the Bachelor or something, and I'm saying all these things that are like the things people say, right? Like they all say the same right, feeling. perfect right. thing. So,
2: so, and you all can push back, but I think it's since you all are here together and that you're such good friends and you've seen and known one another for so long. Leah and Susanna, can you can you think of a time where you kind of were the friends who got to bear witness? to alabelle being vulnerable or like being a little open-hearted and you don't have to tell the details but what like are you are you are you aware of that part of her do you do you do you sense that i've seen it like very few i don't know for like what like 12
3: like 10 years 12 years i think 12 years i feel like i've only seen like you be like super super vulnerable like I could count it on, like, one hand, probably. Wow. And I feel like it's, like, when shit kind of hits the fan a little bit,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Other than that, I feel like it's, like, if I... Sometimes I feel like I'll try to get it out of you sometimes. But it's, like, never really... I feel like the only time it's initiated on your end is, like, when it's, like, shit hits the fan.
0: And so those... those that feeling of loneliness mm-hmm. is self-perpetuated because yeah. you're going through all those... F- Performative feelings. And at the end of the day, people are, you know, trying, right? To get you to, to reciprocate the mutuality of intimacy. I think we've talked about before, like that's something threes have to work on is that all intimacy is mutual. And I think threes kid themselves into thinking that their performative intimacy is fooling everyone else. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, people, I mean, it feels
1: really good because you're like, oh, I can be in this relationship, but I'm not risking anything. I'm not risking anything. Like I am like they're risking it all. I'm risking nothing. Like I'm so
0: safe. And meanwhile, you're risking everything. Yeah apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So segue into it's hard for threes to recognize a need to self work. Beatrice says sometimes it can be hard for threes to recognize the necessity of self work because the defensive patterns of their personality are so aligned with Mm -hmm. what society values. Yes. They may not see that they have cultivated an image that blocks them from growing. Because that image is so successful in convincing everyone of their worth. Um And I think including yourself. Absolutely. Like it's just in those real
2: vulnerable moments, tender places with yourself that you even lose like catch your breath for just a second, but then you probably power through. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I mean I, I think I probably overfocus or overthink about um people who are in relationship with threes who are onto them. And how they're not necessarily on to themselves. But, and I think, I guess that's true. Because I guess what you're saying, Lee, is even in those brief moments where they're like, are a little bit vulnerable with themselves in the privacy of their own space. They don't, they don't stick with it. They don't sit with it for very long. So they are, we are on to them and they are generally not on to themselves, I would say.
2: Well, I just think for the same reasons mm-hmm. that Beatrice says. Yeah. That it, it's harder to find the motivation. It's harder,
0: but also, don't you think threes believe their performance? Yes. Yes. They believe their performance. Yes. Whereas, I mean, you know, I don't. I'm not sure. I think everybody has a, a degree of self awareness, right? That that some people are more self aware than others. Every number is either more self aware or not. But I think threes generally can seem very self aware, right? In general, but they're not necessarily. They're not, they're not, and they don't see the need for them to, like, to, to, to grow, to, to work on this.
2: Well, and so I think that's one of the gifts. I have no idea how you, I mean, you're just an old soul, Alabelle, that you (laughs) were able to kind of take that in so early Mm, in. I think you offer your reflection on what happens inside of you is so helpful. And I think also that you're, um, your, your success is connected to relationships in a way that we don't normally talk about mm-hmm. threes, I mm-hmm. think is super insightful as well. So I'm just, I think it's really helpful. It's
0: really helpful to me. Right. That her ethos is to be a good friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every three has their own ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixes, uh, thinking dominant and thinking repressed. And um, so I was going to read about. A sixes childhood wound, again from Beatrice. Sixes may not have been able to find inner support through connections with others because those others may have been threatening, punishing, unpredictable, absent, or ineffectual. Sixes usually had to move away from others in order to protect themselves from dangerous people, or find safety and independence sixes did not have this luxury when they were young and so have become stuck in mistrust and suspicion as a survival strategy i think that the way i was talking about alabel has no experience with an unprotected heart you like sixes have no experience with unprotected thinking or unprotective cognitive uh And I love the way when we did the Dependent Stance last, our last podcast, Mm -hmm. Jen Lash was talking about um, all of her thinking, thinking? Yeah, she was
2: talking about how her, how her unproductive thinking is driven by anger. And so sixes. Like your thinking is completely connected to fear. So fear of abandonment, Fear you listed them so, at the beginning when you introduced yourself, but that's kind of what yeah.
0: drives that, your thinking. That, that basically early on, all your thinking became about how to, how to be safe mm-hmm. yeah. and how to be independent and how to have your own space where you could be safe. And so that as you go along in life, all thinking becomes wrapped up in how how am I going to maintain my safety and how am I going to maintain my independence and how do I know if I can trust this thought? And so instead of looking at it as thinking repressed, it's just that you're thi- all your thinking is really tied up with mm-hmm. fear management. And um, as Kathy Sever said, it all her thoughts are, are tied up with fear and therefore they're warped. They're not accurate thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's all about kind of disin being able to see that and disentangle your thinking from your protective devices.
3: Can I add something? like please. please just one, the way I've started thinking about it because of my amazing therapist is, um, I feel like all of like, yes, I have like fear of abandonment, all this stuff, but a lot of it comes to like a fear of like not having control. And that mm-hmm. fear of not having control is like, what makes me feel unsafe and so mm-hmm. i get wrapped up in these like spirals like on a daily basis of everything and it, i have this like subconscious thought like like if i the more i think about it the more control i will be of the situation mm. and the yes. safer i will feel and it's like that's just not true at all um like i'm going through like a breakup right now and it's like every day i like wake up and i think through like what could happen today? What could happen tomorrow with it? Like what I could have done in the past. And like, Mm. obviously that's not going to make me feel any safer about Mm -hmm. it or like ease this like fear of abandonment. It's just like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, like this is in my control. I can like change how this is going to happen. And the better I feel about it.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that is Susanna. That's so good because so if you just kind of take out of that whole thing you shared and you if we just said thinking makes me be in control right Mm -hmm. that you the more i think about it the more control i'm in like logically everyone sitting here knows that's not true like logically you know that's not true and so i think that is like that's where you have to catch yourself Mm -hmm. which yay therapist so you know like that that's that's it that's it. You know, I think that's a great way to talk about unproductive thinking, mm-hmm. that you have bought into that for a long time, and it feels comfortable and natural to you. Mm-hmm. So to start really thinking about your own experience and reminding yourself that, hey, the more I think about this, actually, it doesn't really help me yeah. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so, but but what what, what does? What, right. What's true? What is really true? That's a productive thinking
0: and i imagine it's pretty hard to recognize I, I i bet it's really really hard to learn what thinking looks like without any kind of fear management fear undergirding I that's it why
3: like i also like i know sixes tend to not really trust themselves and like rely on other people a lot and mm-hmm. i think like a huge reason of why i do that is because i do acknowledge that like i have these like unhealthy thought patterns that i can't even recognize half the time and yeah. so like a lot of the time i rely on like people with like more objective points of views a lot of the time nines or threes because those mm-hmm. are most of the people i surround myself with mm-hmm. um you hmm. can kind of recognize like this is like kind of crazy this is not and like because a lot of the time i feel like i can't distinguish those thoughts myself
0: yeah.
2: mm. out
3: loud processing for yeah
2: yeah lots and lots <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you're such a good friend you listen and help i'm I'm probably not as nice to you as i could
1: be but i mean i i definitely like i think knowing this is good to help me try to be a better friend to you because there's a lot of things that you need to like verbally process and like (laughs) well like 10 different scenarios of what text to send or what thing to say and they're all like nodding so funny (laughs) it's like
4: yeah (laughs) um Go along with <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that's like that sounds
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the nine. Yes. yes, right, right. Um, and another thing that like I was talking about that kind of referee in the center of your of your triad, and the way Naranjo talks about sixes is, is that you're referring between the polarity of aloofness five on one side of you and ex- expressiveness on, on sevens on the other side of you. And I just, I, that's the first I've read about it and it may not resonate with you at all, but I'm wondering if you have any feelings about being kind of a detached referee or this like place that's observing the, po- the, the space is between aloofness and expressiveness. Does that resonate at all with you? Do you do. You mean like which one do I resonate with in terms of like my well thinking? the the, w- the way I'm thinking about it is like if Alabel as a three in the heart triad who's trying to kind of disassociate from her own heart, she's trying to protect her heart. Meanwhile, is very busy kind of managing feelings all the time and so I'm just wondering other you know other peoples and whatever so I'm just wondering if in the head triad if uh kind of fives represent this detachment and this aloofness of mind and sevens are kind of this expressiveness of mind um do do you ever find yourself observing that or trying to figure out where to be and all of that or does that does that just seem like yeah. You're looking mm-hmm. at me like I'm nuts. So what do you mean in all of that? When yeah. Just that, that different. No, it's just not landing, but I I'm throwing it out there anywhere. Maybe people who listen to this podcast will find that interesting. I found it interesting. I just think it's a way of talking about the center of the triad, kind of observing the poles that are possible within that triad. Um, so, but it might, I mean, maybe that's too, you're in the head triad. It's not too heady. I mean, I've always felt like I have a pretty st- strong seven wing.
3: I don't know really? if that's related. yeah. And that's something I kind of figured out. I feel like this year, um, I don't know if that's related to what you're talking about, but.
0: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk about anything that comes up. I like, I want this to be definitely a conversation that we're all having and y'all, y'all don't need to be, uh, it's not formal. Like I want y'all to just interrupt me if you want to.
3: I mean, I feel like I relate to like both of those sentiments and some, like, I feel like I do tend to kind of draw back and disassociate kind of as a coping mechanism. A lot Mm -hmm. of the time when I get like really overwhelmed with what's going on Mm -hmm. in my head. Um, but I feel like a lot of the time I also have some like seven in me, but more of like the negative aspects of like, not feeling like anything is enough. And mm-hmm. that kind of feeds into my like paranoia with my like relationships and stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of all informs one another, I feel like, at mm-hmm. least for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so, uh, nines is doing dominant, doing repressed. And I was going to read about your early wound. Um, so if nines can tell the story of their early life and look for ways that tuning out, if they can. If they can <laughs> Get that microphone ready, Miss Leah. If nines can tell the story of their early life and look for ways that tuning out of their inner experience helped them in specific ways, perhaps to avoid particular feelings or experiences related to separation or not being heard and valued, they can have more compassion for themselves and recognize how their coping strategies operate. Um, these insights into why nines fell asleep in the first place And how this works as a protection can help them see how these defenses have ensured their psychological survival, but also how they've kept them trapped in their, in their, in their nonness in their small self. So, um, so as I was saying about the other numbers, it's. Being, doing, repressed is a a way of talking about how you have don't have a whole lot of life experience in unprotected doing. So all your life, you're doing, you're doing things. Nines are doing things, but the way that nines do things is motivated by wanting to protect yourself, wanting to not have uh, conflict. Uh, wanting mm-hmm. to have peace, wanting to have a certain amount of erasure, right? Like as you were saying. Um So, what do you think about that?
2: Put but the let, mic- put your mic up oh, to yeah.
0: Your- yeah. So,
4: doing repress is just doing things <laughs> so that maybe. Like it's even hard for me to put "I" in there. Like I have done this. It's like us in general, or. I guess, whoever relates to this, but things that I do maybe won't mean that much to me or it's something that won't affect me or get any kind of big emotional response because that's mm-hmm. also, it's not like emotional avoidant, but right. it's just, I'll definitely try to repress any of those or just like, let them go. It's not, they're unnecessary and... I don't know. It's something that I also struggle talking about because as you started that passage with, it's like that recall or like remembering those experiences is <laughs> extremely difficult for me because.
0: Because you block them. Or. Cause
4: I, I feel like it has more to do with an inability to like recognize myself as like a valid kind of agent in these experiences. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, and so that's the difficulty of seeing it from my perspective again, rather than, like, other people who have also had the experience, which is, like, where I get most of my information from, (laughs) rather than myself. Huh, huh.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but... No, it does. And I yeah. think it's, I think it's important that you've separated like emotion out of it. Cause yeah. I think most nines that I know are very tender, very warm, very kind. And so it's not, I mean, not, I, not to be like, what am I trying to say? Like, I don't want to be a caricature about it, but I do think it's important to say that like nines are not necessarily afraid. Of being intimate or emotional. I, I like the way you said, way. Yeah, I like, think you are. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I like the way you say you kind of avoid doing things that are going to have consequence.
2: When that you said consequence, consequence yeah, in amazing. yourself or outside yourself. And I think that's... Especially outside. Yeah. Myself. I don't want there to be
4: any record of it. Any or,
0: record of it. Yeah.
4: I think that's also... Can play into other aspects of my life, not wanting to leave a trace.
2: Ooh, I don't know. It's why it's hard for me to do this podcast.
0: Really? Yeah, because you're are you feeling this?
2: Not. I mean, I I would not put those words on it, but I. Part of it's control. Part of it is like I don't know the repercussions. I would just it rather like I can you imagine
4: know? how myself is as long as there's not any other. Contradictory evidence <laughs> to <laughs> what I know to be true of myself. And
2: yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes into that, that weird part conflict. Part of why Instagram
4: really freaks me out or just like how unnatural that is in terms of like eulogizing yourself and
1: who
3: you uh, are and that. It feels self indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My other and nine
1: friend also can't do Instagram.
3: <laughs>
0: I can't, like, I can physically
1: not.
3: My other nine friend also just deleted her Instagram because of the same thing. Interesting.
0: It's scary. <laughs> I, th- I do think nines, all the nines in my life have like a radar for self-indulgence. Yeah. I, as a four, I'm quite aware of this.
4: I feel so <laughs> self-indulgent all the time. Though. And the
0: thing is, is y'all are not, not enough, not self-indulgent enough. I mean, self-indulgent probably sh- is not the word, mm-hmm. but I would say advocating for oneself is not something that nines are good at.
2: No. Well, and I, I'm trying to, I was so busy with wanting you to put the microphone to your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: just your microphone, just, like, just yeah. your microphone your, body language on this podcast is like nine stuff. Like yes. I cannot get you to even put the microphone up to your mouth. Like yeah.
2: even when you put your the microphone up to your mouth, you covered you put your, your mouth with, with your, your hand. hand. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, what
4: I just... So, no one wants to hear me cackling into the mic, but... Okay.
0: We all want to hear what you're saying. We do. Yeah. yeah. And the whole, how
2: did the, what you said at the beginning of that reading is that if, if a nine can remember...
0: Is that- um, let's see. Uh, can tell. Well, she says this about every number. Right. This is her- Beatrice's language for everybody, but I like it. If nines can tell the story of their early life. Tell the life. story, yeah. And- so
2: I do think it's hard, and how you talked about it is it's hard for nines to tell the story. And maybe you have this experience, like when people ask, how was your week or what was mm-hmm. up this week? I never right away think, oh, this happened or Ooh, this happened. Like, I don't oh, have I a narrative because I just think, oh, it was a week. It and, was and just don't, and don't track don't you shock
4: think- of like the story of Mm-mm. my life. Like, there's no
0: that's and that's us being asleep. And, and also you're telling yourself probably that it's self-indulgent. I mean, there's several things going on here. You don't think you don't. Yeah. No, I I I think think, that's true too. I think to say, uh, to be on Instagram or just tell somebody how your week was, you're just like, that's not much like
4: thought about, I don't know, answering that question though. But I think it was a week. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's not something I care about.
2: Like I will leave if you ask me what was this week, like I could have had like huge things happen, but in the moment, it won't occur occur to me mm-hmm. and I think that language of it doesn't occur to us to to observe our lives in that way, even if I'm aware of it, mm-hmm. I would not download it to you like i'd have to I have to be very intentional about remembering like if remembering something big happened though. I'm, my friends would
4: know, I feel, and like maybe That's I good. wouldn't say it to anyone who I don't consider that close to me, but like my friends would definitely know and they wouldn't even need to ask the question at
0: good. that point. But okay. I, th- I think it's probably a practice um that nons need to think about throughout the day and every day. It's like this ongoing self-forgetting that adds up to the yeah. inability to not tell the story. And you can say you can't tell the story for lots of reasons. Like, I mean, I think my dad, who's a nine would say he's not, he doesn't need to tell the story of his childhood. Cause it's just not, you know, he, he probably doesn't think it's that important to me to hear, you know, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or it could just be that once somebody thinks it's self-indulgent or somebody thinks it's inconsequential or whatever the words you want to put around it. But I think it's like, practicing receiving that what's happening to you in every moment is important Mm -hmm. it's important to you as a nine and it's important to the people who love you and i think it's like you have to tell you can't just talk we can't just talk about it like the way we're Mm -hmm. talking about it now you have to practice it and probably like i don't know do you think it would be helpful to like Journal at the end of the day and say these are the things that happened to me today. And more than what happened to you, what you did, yeah, what you did, what
1: you intentionally Ooh. did. Yeah, yep. there good. you go. Like, and I think the like whole narrative. Give
4: me another decade. <laughs> to to journal, <laughs>
1: but <laughs> I feel like the narrative of like things happening to you is like a very nine narrative, and mm. like okay, okay, you. I think there's something. Mm. I think there's something important about like. Trying to switch that around yes, and yes. being like, I'm happening to this. Yes, like, yes. I am
0: happening. Yes. I, th- I love that because we were, when we were doing a number night, we were talking about how withdrawing numbers, which are four, fives, and nine. So you're a withdrawing number. Withdrawing numbers kind of think that the world is happening to them. And aggressive numbers feel that they are happening to the world. <laughs> And I think that's a really like crucial distinction, and I do I think alabell's right, like I think changing that story mm-hmm. it's about self agency it's about you know believing that what you're doing matters,
4: but to some extent, like you're happening to the world like definitely would make more sense of Nine's actions because it's like that's why you minimize yourself so you mm. do not have impact on the world, <laughs> and so the recognition that like you're happening to the world is like
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> ah, So it's back to control. So in a way, it's it, like you're feel, aware that you're happening uh, yes, to the world, but 100%. you're trying to minimize that impact. Yes. That's
4: like and so that's interesting. Why I, uh, why? <laughs> because I also wonder why. <laughs> but just like thinking just the avoidance of conflict. Mm hmm. I think it implies that things are already good if there is conflict involved. And if anything bad results from that conflict, then the world is like shattered or just like something is messed up. Then it's the evidence of conflict that means that something was good or something Mm. is at stake or something can be ruined.
0: Mm.
2: And
4: so to not have conflict would keep things whole, even if that's an Mm. illusion, even if that's
0: a lie. I love that. Yeah, that's really what a beautiful but way to talk about it. It really is. Yeah, that's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. I mean, it's like gorgeous delusion, but gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I, it's beautiful the way you said that. Um, I think
4: it, yeah, maybe that's like from childhood, though. Not childhood, mm-hmm. not that I can remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I read this this morning and I have to read it again. This is what Beatrice says about nine, but what nines work is ultimately as nines work on themselves and become more self-aware, they learn to escape the trap of creating discomfort and disharmony by erasing themselves Mm -hmm. in an attempt to create peace and harmony. So what I like about that is how she's talking about the act of erasing yourself is actually creating disharmony. So in your pursuit of peace, in your pursuit of harmony, you're creating the lack of harmony by not showing up for your own life, Mm -hmm. which is, I just, I think that's so Mm -hmm. well put. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think it's just the same way. It's a little like every one of you does that with your feelings, with your doing by not doing productive doing, you're miss we're missing out. Like we think we're getting what we want and what we need, but we're not. You know, you think by letting fear and thinking through all of these scenarios that you are going to be safe when you're not. And so you have to kind of try it the other way to know that that there's this kind of bigger, fuller Mm -hmm. way of being in the world and being connected. Right. But it's 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 I think it is that's part of the tricky part of this mm -hmm. triangle. Right. And so to that's recognize that,
0: yeah. And so that's what I why I hope like if y'all can think about one thing after today, it's like think about what does it look like to have an unprotected heart? What does it look like to have unprotected thoughts? What does it look like to have unprotected doing? That it like reckless, mm-hmm. a little bit dauntless. Yes, yeah. like dauntless Bad is things a, happen. No, Where? <laughs> no. The thing is, is that actually like vitality happens Mm -hmm. and wholeness happens. And, um, I mean, you have to believe that first for, um, otherwise the work, you can't do the work if you don't believe in the result, Right. but the result is wholeness and vitality. Um, but you have to, you have to first of all, see that like for each of you that you're dominant, Feeling, thinking, doing is all tangled up with protecting yourself and coping mm-hmm. from your childhood. And to just untangle that and try to be dauntless with it is, uh, gonna, that's your, that's your growth. That's where you need to be.
2: Yeah. And I, I, one of the questions that I just, I thought would be interesting for you all to respond to that relates to that is how, how do you feel or what comes up in you when I, like say the word desire or what do you desire or what do you what do you want like what happens I know what happens inside of me is a nine um but what what is that word or the idea of you listening to your own desires and going after them what is that what happens in you
0: (laughs) they're like all (laughs) sitting there I mean I think that's in itself interesting that you I don't know. I think it would be a lot of
1: I don't know. It would take a lot to know literally mm-hmm. what I desire like
0: It would take talking. a lot to
1: know. Like mm-hmm. because I'm so um because I am so much living in a TV show of my life um yeah. rather than like in
0: my body mm-hmm. um I I think it would be And awesome. if and you think about like if the way you described all day, every day, managing my feelings and my, my, my emotions, yeah, and there's, that, no, there's no, there's no space for you to man to even know what your own desires are. But what well, I have a lot of space for that. And then no. if I did figure it out
1: and I went for it, then there's also the whole lit. What
2: you've decided would be the repercussions of that. huh?
0: Yeah. Then there's the whole layer yes. of like,
1: how would I fail and how would people watch me fail at that? Right.
0: Yes, and so I think what's important there is that as much as all those things you're saying are true, and I'm so glad you say them, and we get to talk about them, but I think it's important to realize for every number that that is your responsibility. So it's Mm -hmm. obviously my responsibility as a four and as your mother to boundary my my emotions, but it's also your responsibility to know that by spending all your energy managing mine, you are making that choice to not engage and invest in your own. And it is like a little trap door. It's a trap. It's a trap because Mm you're like, you get to kind of go through all the motions of managing my feelings. And so you kind of feel like you're invested in all these feelings, but you're, you're forsaking uh, your own heart. You're estranged from your own heart. And uh it keep it, that that you think that's protecting you. You think it's keeping you safe.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, same for you guys. Like, let's what, talk, so what comes? Let's up talk in about you desire law. for desire you guys or what you want.
3: Well, for me, like a lot of what I want and desire, like a lot of it, it just has to do with relationships, like friendships and relationships mm-hmm. and stuff. And like, so in the context of what you're talking about, it just like makes me feel very nervous because like I'm someone who I feel and experience everything very intensely and it's i kind of feel like if i want something i will fully put i will put myself in it all the way to the point where i almost feel like i don't even have control like i will just fully go for it and like make myself kind of like too vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so i'm like i'm like too open to being like hurt i guess and like Especially in the context of relationships. If like I'm pursuing a certain friendship or relationship, it's like I keep pursuing it. Even if I'm being shut down over and over again, and I won't just let go because like, it's so cause relationships are so important to me
2: and you don't want to be abandoned or, and I don't want to be abandoned and
3: like loyalty Mm -hmm. is like such a huge thing to me. So like, I'll keep putting myself out there and kind of like giving too much of myself away. Mm -hmm. Um, just to like keep pursuing the, what I'm going for.
2: So do you think, does, like when we talk about what you are wanting or desiring, like what's under, what is underneath that? Like what is it that you're after?
3: Connection
2: mm-hmm.
3: is like so huge. And I, it's like even despite having like all these people in my life, a lot of the time it's like, I feel like I still don't have like mm-hmm. a connection with people, like a real connection. I don't feel like fully seen.
0: One of the words I came across today in regards to sixes was that in relationships they're seeking refuge and so refuge is a kind of safety and you're looking for safety in a relationship I think I think that's a good word for a six
3: I yeah that's how I feel in like all of my friendships I would say it's like it feels like a safe place for me like knowing I have someone I can count like I feel very secure just like in my day-to-day life if I know like I have a certain person that Mm -hmm. I can that will be there for anything
2: yeah yeah. Okay. <laughs>
4: I mean, to preface this, I think I have a very strong one wing. And okay. so, a lot of times, like, I do feel like there's a certain tyrant in me, which mm. is probably the one. And then another side, which is the more submissive, like, well, slavish character, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to call them. <laughs> and it's like... I don't know. Just that oneness is like I can I care a lot about overanalyzing the world and kind of idealism and just Mm -hmm. because I feel like it makes me more able to act in the world, understanding it more completely. And so it's like, if all my desires and I just was given all this power, the world would probably be a better place. (laughs) 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 So, but what keeps you from do? What keeps you? I am a disempowered person, and I. I find it very difficult to take power
2: in my own life. and But do you general. feel like you know what you want? Yes. You do.
4: Like, I know what I would want for the world and myself. But honestly, the things that I want for myself, I think, kind of don't complement that idealistic view. Because, of course, mm-hmm. I can't really be a part of it. And that's a lot of niceness just because I do want love and, you know, good relationships to feel all the stereotypical nine things, you know, just like so, not worrying about how much of a inconvenience you are. And, um, yeah. you know, if I was in charge of anything, I would be making everything run. I wouldn't be
2: inconvenient at all. I would, huh. Yeah.
0: Huh. So ultimately, your
2: own your don't desires know, from the very, like, well, I don't know yeah. that it's oneness, but I think your desires for the world are kind of noble and good, it sounds like. And then, but you're, you cannot connect with the fact that what you want could fit into that because mm. it would disrupt it mm. because, yeah. you know, the, that that's, implies that, it's not, good. and it's it implies fine it. if you want to talk about it being oneness, but I don't think that's what it is. I think I, I agree that really. you I agree. are, I, and, and you know, I'm preaching to the choir, but I think that's kind of the trap that we Nines put ourselves in is that we think we can create this harmonious, beautiful kind of idyllic place, whatever, whatever words you bestow to that world. Mm -hmm. And that somehow, if we show up, if we say what we want, there will be fragmentation and disconnection and conflict. That that, who we, what we want and who we want to be won't fit. Or or as you were saying, you don't have a place in it. A place, yeah. What does that mean? Or, a-
4: just because my understanding of why my kind of, you know, daydreaming fantasies are just that idyllic world couldn't mm-hmm. happen is also because people are not like that, or just mm-hmm. people are not accepting of, this is very difficult. I don't know. I've never put it into words before. That's and helpful. So it's more just like it's an impossibility. And so I just deny it from happening. Like it's not something I could ever do. And so that's why I don't have a place
1: in it. Like, hmm, I don't know. Does it feel like? Does it feel like over? Like it feels like overwhelming? So overwhelming that like you feel like you can't that you can't do it. So you just so do out of everything the scope of my life.
2: life hmm.
0: You know. Yeah, I mean, I feel Cause like that. Because it's could more like it to not the- anything can happen. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, do you feel like there's a trap, and is there a trap in having these noble plans or th- ideas about the world? Is it does it get, get let you off the hook? Well, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't want you to
2: have to go over deep. But my guess is a lot of your noble plans <laughs> are about the world being peaceful and safe and ha- harmonious. Yeah. No. You well. know, like what. <laughs> So uh-huh. The,
4: uh-huh.
0: 100%. the reality
2: okay. is that that's uh. not, we have decided that that is the good, that uh, that is the good. And that's just not true. Okay. That that there, harmony can coexist with conflict and love and pain and joy and all of those, all of the things that we're trying to avoid, all of us are what makes life life. And if I can remember that, you know if i can remember that if i say what i want and it feels a little uncomfortable and non harmonious or unharmonious for a bit uh that's good life you know yeah. like if you can
4: remember that life is supposed to be enjoyable
2: enjoyable mm-hmm. and enjoyable means that there's a little discomfort right i mean which nines would pretend that life a good life if you asked us, we would say a good life would be, you know, just peace and I mean, harmony. It sounds like being in a coma. Y-
0: yes, indeed. I mean, that yes. doesn't sound it w- pleasant it to it me. Would. There's no struggle. Yeah.
2: That's right. You so you want
0: you want you want Eve before she had ate the apple. Is basically <laughs> what you want, you want like
2: yeah. Perfection. Before
0: she ate the apple was a world without choice. And right, right. I, well, then I think that. we still live in that world. Part <laughs> so you only, want, you, but, yeah. So you want, you want choice and to choose peace every time. And we want
2: to be able to choose to take a nap,
0: <laughs> to be also, in a coma. I think it's like a little bit interesting also
1: that, um, you asked the question about what do you want and you answered it like kind of describing this world. Um, so that goes back to like the idea that, the, the world is gonna be happening to you, so what's the world you want that's that's gonna like involve your participation like, like I don't know show yeah, up in.
4: but it's not honestly, the ideal is a
1: world that more can
4: suit my whims and like that can suit myself, and so that's why it's completely unreachable,
2: maybe hmm I don't know
4: hmm. I probably like contradicted
2: myself so no, we all do that's yeah. part of the that's part of the fun. Well, any, any stories or any, um, since you all, well, I know y'all have lots of stories, but any, anything kind of Enneagram lens ish that, um, you all have thought of as you've thought of kind of joining us today about your friendship and about kind of this.
0: Or like Susanna, you were saying how you always date nines. Do you have any thoughts about that? As a six?
3: I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it is that, like, they avoid conflict, which is, like... Feels safe. Which feels safe to me. Um, Refuge idea. But I think a lot of it... I think I tend to lash out a lot whenever I don't feel people committing to me as much as I'm committing to them, and then they tend to pull away because they hate commitment so I mean, they hate conflict so much, and so I kind of have run into the same issues in both relationships because of that.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. I feel like I'm drawn to nines too and then that that is some somewhere where like we really diverge. Like nine's inability like I'm not talking about romantic relationships, but nine's inability to commit to things that I just like need like literally just day to day things. Like
0: it to like, me like respond to your to me, your Instagram story.
1: Yeah, like to me doing your- what do you Them, call that like somebody you showing up mm-hmm. to do something um, with me is like the most important way that you can like, I guess that's like my love language, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so literally, even if it's something as dumb as we said, we're going to meet here at this time, like nines, they piss me the fuck off. They
0: really do. How <laughs> would you
4: make a plan with a nine at 9 a.m. though? Like. <laughs> Guy,
0: that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your question. Lee came up with a bunch of questions, but I liked your question about what do you most need from one another. I don't know if y'all are able to talk about that, but I thought that was a good question. Like, a- I
3: mean, I, I this is kind of already restating what I've already said, but just in like both of y'all, I feel like, I mean, because you obviously you're like observing emotions and to me that's As helpful a mm-hmm. yeah and you are like a conflict avoidance so to me that's also helpful because i tend to be super emotional in my relationships and also you know i have a lot of conflict because i expect a lot out of the people that i love and so having two like somewhat level-headed people <laughs> giving me advice on that and informing me on
1: that like helps me a lot Yeah, I feel like with me and specifically with nines, there's an important give and take like I need from nines to um, assert themselves a little bit more um, for you to like, because it's so easy for me to like bulldoze you that like, (laughs) I do need you to, to try to (laughs) advocate for yourself in the same way that I need to try to give the space for, for you to do that. Um, I think it kind of is similar with sixes, like verbal processing and giving the space for that. Um, because I feel like I'm, I'm pretty, I feel like it feels like a waste of time. It feels like fear and like talking through fearful things feels like a waste of time getting to like what needs to happen. And so like, yes, there are downsides to the fear, but also I should hold some space for it because I have a lot of disdain for it.
0: So. So you're saying you could be more patient in that way. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's
2: interesting that you didn't say what you needed. <laughs> I kind of said what I needed from
1: nines. I don't really know what you need from I a six. I don't know what I need from a six. So from nines, you need for them to just show up. Yeah. I mean, okay. what I need in general is for people to show up when they say they're going to show up. What I need in general is mm-hmm. commitment. Okay. So
0: I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think it's, uh, you kind of want, I think you want sixes to, Trust themselves, and you want nines to take up space. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah. I think sixes
4: bring a certain emotional vitality and just life to my own. Like, it's nice. I think it definitely exposes me to reflection just on everything I feel myself and Mm -hmm. the existence of those things in the world. And just they have definitely shown me just the extent to which everyday life can impact the way you think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would never know that without someone else. Like to, so for sweet. you to like trust me and share those things with me, like it does make inform who I am as person to a very great extent mm-hmm. in terms of my emotional understanding. So
0: thanks, I, buddy. <laughs> I think, I think Susanna, you're a very interesting six. You're probably a sexual six. Um, Because there, there are a lot of sixes that I know that don't have that kind of intensity and passion that you always have. And like one thing I noticed when you were in Vermont with us two summers ago, I feel like you're just deeply experiencing everything all the time. Which I also um, feel that. Yeah, you're deeply experiencing. It's like almost like you're absorbing reality all the time in this very like reverential way almost. And I found it very inspirational. So I I think that I don't, I don't, I don't associate that with six necessarily. So that's why I've loved getting to know you in that way, because you're, you have that, that reverence for all of life, all of, all of what's in front of you and you, your fears, you've been very good at expressing how your fears are, very much relational. And that's been so helpful to me to understand about sixes. You know, it's not, it's like safety. Yes, but safety in your relationships. Yeah. Well,
3: because yeah. safety means different things to yeah. everyone, but kind of off topic, but not really, but in terms of like experiencing everything very intensely, like my sister who is a six and my dad is also six. We all feel that way share that. And I that's don't know so if interesting. it's related to being a six, but like we all very much have that in common.
0: Well, you know what I'm thinking? Like I'm just. I'm wondering if, for me personally, I have gotten sidetracked by the fear uh or the questioning, and I got impatient with it or I got nervous. You know, sometimes when someone's really questioning a lot, it makes me so nervous that I kind of maybe stop uh being there for it or I get away from it or something. And so I'm wondering, like, if my ability to, like, be there for you made me, I mean, I guess this is just life, right? My ability to be there for you made me see all these like expanded ways in which a six can be, you know? It's like I started suddenly seeing all these aspects of you um, and you're saying your dad and your sister too, that are just, um, I've always, like as a four, I value so much that intensity, that passion, that, that desire to be here in the world, you know, mm-hmm. which very few people yeah, think- honestly have that. And you have that. And it's think, very admirable. I think that's part of. That's
1: related to the fear and that having to be prepared for every scenario and having to be, Hmm. it it requires a hyper awareness of your environment. And so there might be, you know, a positive side to that.
3: I like that. I think it's also, it's like we dissect like everything, like every conversation, every experience is like fully dissected and I mm -hmm. read into every part of it. And mm -hmm. so because of that, I feel like. I see all of those layers and everything Mm. I do and like everything. And so I soak more of it.
0: I mean, I just have never thought about like the sensuality of a six. So because of your vigilance, which is attached to safety. Uh, you're, you're vigil like you're vigilant, vigilant to the rain hitting your face. Like you are experiencing the rain on your cheeks in a way that very few people are. And I actually like, I, diary- was wa- I about that too. I watched, I watched you do it and I'm like, I just, I just think that's a very positive way of talking about vigilance, I guess. It's helpful to me. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming y'all.
2: Yeah, Thank you for, for having sharing. us.
0: <laughs> All right.
4: my nice Sunday night.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, good. I appreciate it. And I'll um, we'll see you soon.
2: Okay.